Oh, Tom, we got to talk about this movie. What an experience. I am excited to chat with you, and I, I, I think it is quite the experience, and I'm excited for people to share that experience tomorrow, May 5th, when it comes out. Oh, the, from from frame one all the way through, you, you're not messing around with this movie, dude. I mean, it, the, the intrigue, I mean, you get into the conversations, and then the least ex, you know, the least thing you would ever expect happens, and you're going, what the? And, and it's like shock and awe all over the place. Oh, man, thank you so much. It's so great to hear that. To be able to create Johnny and Clyde, I mean, this this is one of those movies that people are going to talk about because, because it is so unpredictable. What what goes into a film like this? Because you've, you've got to be on the edge of your seat all the time. Well, I think it's all about trying to swerve the audience. You know, everybody, when, you, when we watch a movie, right, we all do this. We all want to kind of be one step ahead of the writer, the director, and we want to kind of guess what's coming. Uh, and our job is to make it a little unpredictable so that maybe maybe you think we're going to zig and we're going to zag all up on you. So do, does that happen right on the set when you when you say, uh, you know, I, I, I realized it was in the script, but I, I'm seeing something else happen. Do you rebuild it? That does happen sometimes. But to be honest with you, the prep process in pre-production is so methodical that we try to do as little thinking on set as possible. We try to do all the thinking before we get on set because I only got 14 days to shoot this entire movie. So we don't have time to think. So really we make our battle plan, we draw up our playbook and then we just go in and execute. So yes, we do sometimes, you know, there's some spontaneity that takes place, but for the most part, everything's methodically planned out ahead of time. You know, what's really interesting about uh, Johnny and Clyde is the fact that, yeah, there's some boom, boom, pow going on here, but you do it tastefully. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm so glad that you do it that way, that it didn't have to go overboard like some do. You know, we try to make it so that, you know, there's, there's all different types of people that want to see. Some people want to want to see the violence. They want to see the gore, uh, but it's not for everybody. So, you know, there is definitely a level of measuring just how much you want to show and i found that sometimes it's more effective to cut away and not show the violence sometimes it's more effective if you just hear it uh, and sometimes our imagination can create a more gruesome picture than any image you could make there are so many different storylines that are coming together as one how did you balance that out because i mean from from the opening scene to to when then there's other characters and i, I don't i don't want to you know spoil the movie but but there are so many different things that take place in it but they're all connected and they all do come together as one you know it can be challenging sometimes because obviously you know actors you, you love them you know they're your players they're your players on your team and you want to make sure that uh, you give enough attention to everyone so that nobody's fallen by the wayside. And like you said, we do have a lot of characters. Uh, so a lot of that was just about, you know, making sure in the edit, when we're editing the movie, there's a balance there and that you're not saying to yourself like, oh, wait, who's this person? Yeah. Oh, that's right. They were in one scene in the beginning. So, yeah, that's probably one of the most tricky parts of the process, making sure that none of the characters you establish get lost in the sauce. Yeah, because, I mean, the, the way that you really, it's like a psychological game as well, but it, but it's on so many different levels, especially when you introduce the monster. Oh, my God. And, you know, I, I just thought that was a, just a vision someone was having, and the, but, but when it physically is there, it's like, oh, my God. And so then, then all of a sudden it's becoming a thriller chiller. Yeah, you know, we, we always, myself and my writing partner, Nick Principe, uh, we have an affinity to the horror genre, so we really wanted to kind of add this, uh, X factor, the wild card, and that wild card is this demon that comes to life. You know, it's like 
Johnny and Clyde thought they were going to be up against one form of a security yeah. system, and they end up running into a very unique alarm in the form of a demon. Uh, so that was a lot of fun to work with. And in a way, we, we almost hope that people root for the demon. I mm-hmm. think that, you know, by the third act, by the time the third act comes along, you might just be like, you know what? All these people are so repulsive and, and nobody has a redeeming quality about them. I want them all dead. <laughs> and they didn't fear. Boy, that Johnny. Oh, my God, he didn't fear. You know, there, there, there are so many scenes in there where, where he takes on chance, and it's like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And then things begin to happen. So I mean, how did you make him so believable with his, with his lack of fear, but, but gain in that he's going to do something really bad and, and have no guilt about it? Well, a lot of that's the actor. You know, Avin Jogia is just a super talented guy and and such a, he just understood this part. You know, we had a lot of early conversations about how the Johnny character is just so boldly optimistic and, and blindly optimistic that, you know, he feels as though, ah, I can get through any situation with my quick wit and my ability to wield a, a, a 357 Magnum. Um, so I think that, you know, we all know people like that in our real life. Some people that are just like so painfully positive that they think that they can just do anything. Uh, we thought that that would be a fun character to throw in the mix when the things that they think they can do are, you know, taking on a demonic beast or robbing a casino, uh, you know, it's just a, he's a little irreverent of a character, and I think that people like that. Well, his relationship—I mean, to me, it was like a Sid and Nancy kind of a relationship where they were, you know, just—they're just out for fun. They're, but, but man, did they love each other? My God, they love each other. Yeah, there was a great chemistry between Avin and uh, a Johnny Russell who plays Clyde, and it was really cool. You know, there was a great chemistry to them, really like Offset. I mean, they would spend a lot of time together and hang out, watch, you know, watch anime movies and just like make sure that that chemistry was really there and that it's believable that these two people have spent a lot of time together. And, you know, again, that's a a lot of the work of an actor that you don't see on the screen, but just, you know, the two of them spending time together, running lines, rehearsing the hell out of these scenes. Uh, I, I think it paid dividends. Listeners need to understand that you have not seen this movie before. This is so unique in its own way of storytelling because of the way that the emotional ride that you're taking on to, to get into that moment of, especially when it comes to, I mean, you, you, it starts off with the opening scene. You can't figure out, okay, what, what were the two girls talking about? What, what's going on? Then they start building the story around it of this, of this money that's hidden inside this building. It's not a bank. And all of a sudden you're going, oh my God, th- this is a real crime story here. I appreciate that. You know, we wanted to kind of tell the story and I wouldn't say it's a nonlinear story, but we wanted to have these scenes early on that provide more questions than answers. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Some, some thought provoking scenes that get you to say like, what, what is going on? And maybe <laughs> lean forward a little bit to pay attention. And of course, you know, you've got to have the, the, the storyline where the father, something happened to his daughter, which then, you know, even darkens up uh, Johnny and Clyde. And, and then you start building up from that side. And then, and then Johnny and Clyde are building their own team on the other side. Yeah, we, we actually it's kind of funny because scripts take such a uh, there's such an evolution that takes place when you're writing a script. There was actually a lot more of the father and daughter relationship in the original draft. And as you know. Like I said, so you know, we're on a budget. We've got to shoot this thing in 14 days. Certain scenes have to be pared back, and that was one of them. But we did have a notion where, hey, if this thing ever took off and we had some kind of a franchise ability, it would be really cool to learn more about that 
father-son father-daughter relationship that takes place in this movie well there is a franchise here i was gonna i was gonna touch on that but i didn't know if that was gonna spoil the end of the movie because i i i don't think it's over because i don't want it to be over oh that means a lot man i appreciate that yeah you know this is one of those things where and again i'll, I'll try to say this without spoiling too too much but we've created a little bit of a fantasy world mm-hmm. where you know, we're dealing with all, there's all different rules so who's to say that through some supernatural uh ways maybe certain characters could come back to life maybe certain characters could uh, be revisited or maybe it's just another story of bakwas the demon on his own you know we had this idea of if there was a sequel it might be fun to see this demon kind of let loose in las vegas you know (laughs) demon takes on las vegas but that would be fun now, now being behind that lens, how, how did you move through the fear, the shame and the, the no guilt and the daring and things? Because that's got to affect you emotionally as well. It does. But I'd like to think that, you know, again, I'm a big crime drama fan. I, I personally I love true crime and, and, you know, a lot of things that are based in realism. I think anyone who watches Johnny and Clyde within five minutes of the movie, they'd realize that this movie's not based in realism. <laughs> it's not going to say based on a true story at the beginning of the film. And I think that there's almost a level of, not to cheapen what we did, but I think there's a level of cartoon violence yep, in a sense, yep, yep. You know, where it's like, yes, it's awful to see somebody die, but I think that there's also a little bit of, it's like itchy and scratchy in The Simpsons, the cartoon. It's like, you know, yeah, they're dying left and right, but like, it's fun. It's funny. Nobody's really taking this seriously. You know, this isn't a saving private. This isn't the opening scene of saving private Ryan. (laughs) Wow. Now let's talk about that fashion. My God, you guys really introduced some fashion throughout the entire movie. It's not just in a few scenes. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, You know, myself and costume designer, Audrey Fratelli, uh, we spent a lot of time on these looks uh, as you can imagine, you've got Megan Fox in the movie, so everything she everything she wears needs to be very methodically picked out, and uh, you know there's a whole process to that to making sure that she feels comfortable in everything that she has on and is happy with the way she looks. Um, and of course, that's not just the Megan character. We really wanted to kind of have a unique look for each character, almost like I'm a big action figure guy. Mm-hmm. I still collect action figures. I never stopped playing with them. Uh, so we almost wanted to make it like, well, this could be the, the Johnny and Clyde cast could be a really cool action figure box set where every character has a different look, different weapons that they would come with. Uh, and, and it's a vibe and you'd want to collect them all. Um, and also, I, I think on screen, it's it's kind of cool. There's different textures that come alive on screen that you don't even realize. And the audience might not realize it right off the bat. And it's kind of subliminal, but they're feeling more about this character when they see Johnny's red leather pants Mm -hmm. or when when they see, uh, you know, our butcher character dressed like a Viking or they see our candlestick character uh, dressed like kind of this uh, outdoorsman, you know, just it it tells story. You know, I I can't stress it enough. Every time I work with a costumer, I'm very hands on with that because I feel as though the costumes really service the story and, and help us identify who these characters are yeah because it really it carries the story forward because i mean you know going from the garden scene with the pots on their head and then and then and then you know you find out that you know later on in the story now they're dressed in something else and then and then first of all who would have thought that man had muscles like that my god where did you find that monster okay so that's brett azar and the really cool thing about brett is aside from the fact that he's also from rhode island like myself a couple (laughs) rhode island guys 
He's got an amazing career. He played the young Terminator uh, oh, in the Terminator wow. movie. There was a flashback to Terminator, and he literally has the same. The reason why he got cast, aside from being a terrific guy, is he has the same size and dimensions as a young Arnold from Terminator. So the guy's a monster. He puts a lot of time and hard work into looking that way. You know, it's not by accident. Um, and it was just really great to work with. Uh, he's like a real life action figure. And now uh, if you're a fan of Brett Azar, you can check him out on the Young Rock TV show, The Rock's new show. He plays the Iron Sheik, which is really cool. I'm a big wrestling fan too. So uh, really cool to work with Brett Azar. What is it like to take the vision that you have and make it a reality with it being opening tomorrow where people are going to see it? We're going to be talking about it. It's going to be all over social media for you. I mean, it starts with your vision. You know, not to sound too corny or cheesy about it, but it's one of the, the most amazing things that you can experience as an artist, you know, in, in this in this world, you know, to see something that you and your buddies were kind of just chatting about one day uh, come to life and you can actually watch this film all over the world. It's a really special feeling. I'm very thankful for it. Um, and, and again, you know, I feel blessed to every day I get to make a movie. Um, it's a profession that I've always wanted to to take part in since I was a teenager and I feel very lucky to be able to do it. And every time I kind of get down, because we all get jaded sometimes, yeah. no matter what we do, I realize, oh, wait a minute, you're making movies, man. Why don't you, why don't you shut up and do your job? <laughs> when Megan Fox said yes, did you explode with excitement? Oh, it was another level. We, myself and my writing partner, Nick Principe, first thing we did was crack the script back open and say, all right, let's give it the official Megan pass, yep. as we called it. And we went through and made sure that every single action line and every single line of dialogue was perfectly tailor-made to what we thought Megan would really knock out of the park, and I think she did. Well, man, you you want to love her? You want to hate her? You want to do something? In, w- w- because this character is so strong, so confident, and yet so, oh my God, she's got a dark side. Yeah, she's pretty quick to, uh, you know, throw someone under the bus. Under yeah. the but, you know, I, I think we've all dealt with people in positions of power like that. You know, they'll kind of drain every drop out of you that they can get. And then once they don't need you anymore, see you later. Sayonara. So, uh, you know, as much as, yeah, there's a cartoon element to some of her characteristics, I think there are a lot of people in power that kind of act that way. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to try to market it through uh, merchandise and stuff? You know, that was a, a, something that I really wanted to do, but it doesn't seem like due to various uh, legal reasons that I won't even bore the audience yeah. with. doesn't look like we'll be able to do a lot of merch, but who knows? Maybe there'll be some fun bootlegs out there. If anyone <laughs> out there wants to make me a bootleg Johnny and Clyde action figure line, I will buy every single one of them. God, I just had a flashback of, of Comic-Con. I could just totally see these characters going to Comic-Con. Oh, man, this would be a big Comic-Con movie. Uh, so... You know, we, we hope to do some conventions down the road. So when you have 14 days on a movie set, it's, is it like going on to a live performance on Broadway where it's like, look, guys, we don't have time to screw around. Let's do it right. I know it's going to be a little bit edgy, but let's make it work. Yeah, you know, the goal there is just to, I, I use this line a lot. I say less takes and more coverage, meaning you just don't have time to sit there and do 15 takes of a scene. You have to get what you can get in the first two or three takes and if you're not loving it, move the camera, yeah. try a different shot. Um, but you have to, you know, we, we, you hear the term cut bait. You gotta be willing to cut bait really quickly. If you find that, oof, this scene is just not working. Let's not spend all day on this. Not, you know, if it's not working, move on. So 
you definitely learn how to be efficient when you got to shoot a feature in 14 days. You know, when, when you're talking about long coverage, I, I got to compliment you on that because you had some scenes there that, that were long, but they didn't feel long because you gave us an opportunity to breathe in what was taking place. I appreciate that. You know, I, I can almost, I get this weird feeling in my stomach when I'm watching a film, especially one of mine, and I can feel that it's dragging. I can feel that it's lagging. So I try to have as few moments like that in this movie as possible, because the reality is, again, we talked about it. This isn't some true story. This isn't a super dramatic film. Uh, the people that are going to be watching this, they want fast action. They want a little bit of story and, and they want it to move. So we try to kind of cater to our audience and just never have too too dull of a moment in this mm -hmm. film man you got to come back to this show anytime in the future the door is always going to be open for you tom oh thank you very much it's been a blast chatting with you well congratulations on johnny and clyde it is in theaters on may 5th and man i can't wait to talk to you again thank you brother i appreciate that be brilliant dude thank you sir